Welcome to Game Talk Radio, your hosts, Greg and Jen, bringing you their take on this week's hottest gaming news. Welcome back to Game Talk Radio. This is episode 15. 15. Hello, Jen. Hello, Greg. How are you today? I have a headache. Oh, boo. Well, as always, <laughs> you hey, as always, you are a trooper, though. Oh, and you, and you, we always push on. Um, and so today, I'm going to try to do this really cheesy, horrible theme thing. So I've got the theme for today's podcast. Yes. Is dirty, stinking thievery. Thieves. Thieves. There, there's theft. no honor among them. What What is worse than a thief? Well, lots of things, like murders, I guess. but. Thieves are bad, too. Two thieves. Two thieves are worse. Okay. I, yes. That's just <laughs> math, basically. We can't beat that. So uh, we're going to talk about a couple different things. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, the Nintendo Switch being stolen. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about hundreds of rare European Super mm-hmm. Nintendo games being stolen. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about... Nintendo stealing money from its fans by selling us DLC packs for the mm. new Zelda game. Yes. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Sony trying to steal the Switch's thunder Oh yeah. with a new handheld pad. Mm. Yeah. So to begin, we want to start talking about the stolen Switch. Right. So on Thursday, uh, this past Thursday, a user called Hip Hop the Robot, which... For the record, I think it's Great hilarious. <laughs> uh, only second to hip hop, the hippopotamus. Mm. Uh, he posted a video of a just so happened. I was lucky. My retailer that I purchased and pre-ordered a switch from sent me a switch early, which would be about two, two weeks early. About that, it would be out almost on two weeks early, March third, yeah. which is plausible. I mean. You know, I've never gotten anything that early, but clearly they're being shipped out and getting ready for a big launch. So, yeah, you know, right. possible. Well, as it turns out, uh, that Switch system was stolen from a distributor. And it looks like the people who did the actual theft were identified, terminated from their employment, and under investigation by local law enforcement. So it looks like... Someone at the distribution, some distribution center, I mean, they were named nameless, but the only place I could think of that got it this early would be big ones. So Walmart, Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop, that sort of retailer, because like, you know, other retailers, even ones that like, if I would purchase some from some of my like, um, like as a wholesale thing, I wouldn't have got, they wouldn't have gotten them that quickly either because they're too low on the totem pole. So it could have been any of those big ones. It could even be a step further, like... In their actual distribution center, like not just like, sure. s- are you talking like singular stores or? Like- I was thinking the whole distribution center. Okay. So like, like they got shipped to Amazon and then mm-hmm. they got stolen from like the Amazon warehouse or they got stolen from the Best Buy corporate warehouse or sure. something like that. Um, well, but- the user actually, once he found out Hip Hop the Robot, once he found out that the unit was actually stolen, because apparently I read an article that said he works as like a barista. So it's not like they sell gaming systems at the local Starbucks. So wherever he got it from, he didn't know it was technically stolen. But once he found out, Nintendo 
approached him or contacted him in some way and said probably through his youtube channel or whatever because the whole reason this came to light was because he did a youtube video of the ui like he Mm -hmm. he was and this is actually something we'll get into a little bit as well but he was so eager to be the first one to show it off right that he didn't think of the consequences or anything but um i have to say okay so detective greg's putting his hat on okay this this whole thing stinks to me like for (laughs) instance he claims Okay, the the hip hop, what's his name? Hip hop the robot. Hip hop the robot. Okay, so hip hop the robot claims that he got it early from his retailer, mm-hmm. but that's not possible. It wasn't shipped to him by mistake. It was stolen from somebody, and then he bought it from someone stolen. Now I would buy if he said he found someone like on Craigslist who got their shipment early and he bought it from them. Uh-huh. But he's trying to. He says flat out that a retailer shipped his pre-order switch early, and now magically they're stolen, and he received a stolen but doesn't know anything about it. How, if you bought it from someone who, clearly they stole it, so it's not like it got shipped to them from, like, it's not whoever, like, stole it from the Amazon warehouse, if it was Amazon, said, hey, this is your Amazon package, just gotta send me a $500 cash and I'll make sure your order's right. fulfilled, it right? Just, it just seems a little weird. So, so my, my BS meter is, is, is just blaring on this one. So, I, now I would argue maybe he didn't know it was stolen. I, I could believe that. But, I but mean, he obviously somebody... paid a ton extra for it right? if he got it. And you know he paid cash for it on the side somewhere, like on Craigslist or on something like that. Like, he had to get it that way. There was no store that he was going to get that from. It's not like the person who stole it sold it to a store like mine, and then my store sold it to him. Well, you know? it just, it, like like he said, I mean, it, it could be a complete fabrication that he's actually a barista and whatever. I mean, it's just as easy to say that as it is, oh, yeah, I work at GameStop or right. whatever, or I work in a distribution center. I mean, he sent it back to Nintendo. Which I also find very strange. <laughs> I mean, could this, I mean, you can, you, you can even go in a completely opposite direction in terms of conspiracy theory and say Nintendo gave him the unit so he would post a video and then sure. create all this hubbub because <clears throat> now his video has a bunch of you know uh, views so, I mean, you okay can, so you're you talking can make anything a conspiracy you're talking about like viral videos okay, okay i i really just think that somebody thought that they were going to make a quick buck because they work at like an amazon distribution center a walmart distribution center or whatever and didn't think anybody would notice took some <laughs> Took some home and then sold them. And unluckily sold it to the one guy who was going to put a YouTube video well, up. Well, if you got <laughs> and get them all busted. Honestly, though, I, mean, like, yeah. I, I have a YouTube account. I don't post videos. I do it just to watch content, mm-hmm. right? But if if I got a system two weeks early, you bet I would put a video on YouTube about it. <laughs> like, I yeah. think anybody I, would. I totally would, especially with what we do here. I mean, but yeah. you can't play anything. That's the thing. You've got no games. You just have the system. So what were you expecting to happen? You get three mi- a three-minute video of the UI. It's not that exciting. Yeah, I mean, he really... Yeah, he just wanted to be first, which goes to that whole culture lately of... With news sources, too, and clickbait and that sort of stuff. Like, everyone has to be out first. He doesn't care how you get it or or what makes it, you know, like, what, what the facts are. Let's just, just get the article out first. If you're pretty sure get it out this Mm -hmm. feels kind of the same to me it's like you know he didn't care about the consequences he had to know i mean i'm sorry but like you can only there's only a reasonable amount of plausible deniability and i'm pretty sure that he had to unless he's a total idiot which i doubt since he was smart enough to put the new video on youtube which maybe wasn't smart because clearly it's what sparked this whole thing true but 
you know, so then he does all that, and then we're supposed to, like, feel sorry for him, like, he got bamboozled or something. If you ever buy a console before launch from a shady, well, I won't even say a shady person, I'll just say from a person, like, through a non-retail chain, it's most likely stolen. I mean, that's just, you know, it makes sense. Right. I mean, I would agree with that. My first question would be, uh, how did you get this? Yeah. It's not out yet. Well, sometimes people even bring us games or systems that just came out like a day or two earlier, like a brand new, almost like new condition Xbox. And we'll actually have to tell people, hey, do you have the original purchase receipt? Because, you know, this is just so new that we have to have the receipt to verify that, you know, you purchased it and just don't want it anymore. As opposed to just like looking at blind eye and be like, oh, they seem trustworthy. It's probably fine. And you can't yeah. tell when you look at a person like you're not supposed to make snap judgments. I mean, I have returned things and I, like I feel really shifty when I return things because I'm just like, what if they think that I'm like returning it for some reason? <laughs> right. Like, we bought those those two <laughs> the Michael Jackson experiences right. for PS3. So long story short, we were at a store saw these Michael Jackson PS3 games marked down to a buck. Okay, that game's barely worth a dollar, probably. Well, but it was a like I see a game that's brand new for a buck, and I'm like, you know what? I could probably buy that, and you know, maybe it'll be worth money someday, or or I guess out of the store for five bucks or something. Sure. You know, like that's what I was thinking. So we buy them, and then as it turns out, they got rung uh, or rang up, rung up, rang through. They were scanned, <laughs> and I didn't notice until later that they actually scanned into the system at 10 bucks a right. piece. Which is absolutely not worth it. Which no. might have happened. Do you think they were supposed to be marked at 10 and whoever went crazy with the label gun put a buck instead mm, of 10? No, because it was like 10.96, hmm. and okay, it was a okay. dollar. Okay, on that makes sense. Label. Okay. And I've had issues with that before at a store. You'll see like an end cap. Where, you know, this product is 79 cents and when you ring it through or scan it into the, um, like the self-checkout, it rings up as 99 cents because somebody didn't do their thing, their due diligence and update the pricing. And that's happened to me on several occasions. And I'm that person, or I try to be that person unless I'm in a hurry. Where I would just, you know, say, excuse me, uh, exactly. this is supposed to be 79 cents. And then you start, but you like you said, you start to feel bad because then you go to take it back and you almost feel like you're doing something wrong. Like you're right. guilty of something. Yes. And it's like, and then of course, one of the games had like some of the plastic had started to come off, which yeah. we didn't notice when we bought it. Or I'd noticed it a little bit, but I was like, well, it doesn't matter. We're just going to resell it. It's right. new. And then of course, when you go back there, it's like, now you have to try to explain to them, oh, well, you know. Like, well, I didn't actually open them. And so, you know, the, the girl at the service counter is, like, trying to pry it open. And it's like, <laughs> well, obviously, since you can't get it open, there's a chance that I probably didn't open it either. And that is a very true statement. So, I, I mean, honestly, I, I just, I feel like this guy, if it's a guy, I'm making an assumption. That's true. I feel, I feel terrible, but... I mean, I saw the video and the hands are more mannish, I guess. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but anyway, he probably felt like he was stumbling into something great. Somebody got their order in early and somebody cut him a deal and then he finds out, oh crap, they're stolen. Because sometimes like, he might think that stores like GameStop have their switches in the back room right now. Mm-hmm. I guess they that's don't. possible. Right, which they don't right now. And and I, if I had to guess, just just knowing what I know, and this has nothing to do with last week's conversation, 
if I had to guess, um, I would say it was probably GameStop. Just because the, their central warehouse, I would think, has a lot less checks and balances and measures for mm-hmm. some of that. So what a lot of people don't realize, now this happens a lot in retail theft. Like, I want to say there's a statistic out there. I, I don't know the exact number anymore, but when I was working at GameStop, it was something like 75% of all theft was internal. Which means that people working for your store or your company were the ones stealing it. Well, because when you think about it, if you work at a distribution center, when they initially come in, you probably scan them all, boop, 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 and then don't check them again until they ship out. Right. I mean, we did some crazy, we did some crazy stuff for a while there because there was a lot of system theft. So people would get really, try to be creative. I mean, these are all things that people had tried before, so we knew what to look for. But like, for instance, someone would be like, oh, I'm going to go take out the garbage. They'll take a couple 3DS systems, throw them in the garbage, bag up the garbage, take it outside, throw it in the dumpster, and then oh their buddy will be there. Yeah, yeah, their buddy will be there, or or they'll go out after clothes, rip open the dumpster, take the DSs out. You oh know? my because God. GameStop had, as much as I found this offensive, they had it for a reason, um, and they had something called the uh, the bag check policy. Okay. So you actually had to take your pockets out of your, like, like take empty your pockets and stuff okay. before you could leave. Like, a supervisor had to look at you and watch you pad yourself down show that you weren't taking any merchandise out of the store. And, you know, at the time I was like, oh, that's just what we do, you know. And then later I realized, man, how really abrasive that is and how untrustworthy it is. But that's a real thing. And I don't know if they still do it, but that was a really big thing when I was there. And and there's all those, like, like, people would also take a console out of the box, leave the empty box in the storeroom. So we had to start doing system counts every single day oh my god so like every day you'd open the store you'd have to scan every system to make sure that that number matched wasn't there a story that happened at it was at target i think where somebody returned a ps3 box but inside was just a wooden like it was made out of wood oh to weigh the box down that wouldn't surprise me at all and i think it even said like funnily enough it wasn't funny because it was obviously somebody's job was at stake but it said like ps3 and sharpie on it or oh, something like like whoever did it was just just a little extra being an actual jerk Screw on top. you yeah uh but yeah so there's a lot of creative ways people could steal so i i would say just based on what i know and i don't know anything about best buy or amazon's distribution but i feel like amazon does so much of it that they have to have a system for theft at their main facilities like i know they have like fences and check-ins and stuff like that a lot like fedex does when you try to go in there like you mm-hmm. can't just walk in you know so, you know, I, I probably shouldn't even assume that, but that's just like what it feels like to me. So if that's true, so someone gets it out of there, however they do it, they get out there. The only way to sell that is through like, say, Reddit or like a Reddit game sale thing or Craigslist or eBay. eBay is probably not because I don't know how you'd find one that's actually in someone's hand right now because right. there's so many up there for sale. Oh, there's going to be a three week waiting list. Like, yeah, ah, yeah, exactly. Ah. It's like, like, oh, buy, you know, buy now for pre-order. So, but that that guy has to take some responsibility, the guy who bought it, because he has to know that that was probably secured through nefarious means. Well, and I really hope that he's cooperating with whoever's doing any sort of investigation, whether it's local law enforcement, because it had to have been local. Well, I'm assuming, um, like, well, that's a good question, because here's what you have to think. So, it's almost like I'd like to know who initiated the entire thing. So, if Nintendo saw this video, maybe they somehow caught a serial number, or they did something. Because how they identify that system and where it was? Because do you think Nintendo's well, investigations what sparked the whole thing? That's why I think they that he sent it back. He, he oh, sent it back so he sent Nintendo. it back, and then they tracked where it was stolen from. Well, I probably. mean, it depends on how quickly all of that happened because right. they they may have contacted him, and he says, "Well, I'm going to send it back," and they say, "Okay, before you do, tell us the serial yeah, number." Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I'll bet you it was something like that. Because it had to have happened with, with that the serial way. number. They can track exactly what retailer it went to. Oh yeah. 
And then they could contact that retailer and say, you know, this was stolen here. And then once they check their cameras, yeah, videotape. Interesting. See, we just solved the crime. We We solved the mystery. We should be hired by Nintendo. So starting next week, we'll have our detective podcast where we solve. um, Those met. We'll we'll be those meddling kids. Is what we'll We'll be. be those meddling adults in quotes, where we like to play games all day, but we actually have adult responsibilities. Boo. I know. So right. anyway, so yes. so yeah, so I, here's my last take on this. Mm-hmm. I think he is out the money. Yeah, he'll so never get his money back, whatever no. he paid for it. But he's lucky if he doesn't get any like jail time or anything. So if he loses his money but then gets out of jail time, I'll call that square. <laughs> I'll call that this guy was an idiot and he's lucky he didn't get worse. But he's not getting out unscathed. I call that justice. At least nobody knows who he really is. Yeah, exactly, you know. He's going to have to change well, some people, every but... every online presence. <laughs> and then, so we go from that, I mean, pretty sad story, it's kind of yeah. funny, pretty sad, to an incredibly sad story about theft. Right. Now, this one, th- this is, th- this, this is also, my detective cap is staying on, because <laughs> this has a bunch of wonky stuff in it, too. Right. But uh, go ahead and just kind of, like, lay out for everybody, like, okay, set, set me up here, like, All lobby right. the softball, and I'm going to hit out of the park here, baby. So there's a... There's a Super Nintendo emulator developer, also part-time game archivist. Okay. It goes by the handle, I think you would pronounce it Bayou. It's B-Y-U-U. He had a plan, okay? And his plan was to get every Super Nintendo game, regardless of region. So, you know, we're talking about all the SNES games from Asia, Africa, Europe, South America, mm-hmm. Oceania, all that e- kind Every of stuff. game ever. Every game ever, and digitally preserve it. For posterity, for himself, just to sure. know that he has them, he's done it. And after buying all 725 SNES games from the U.S., which set him back about $10,000, he went about trying to get all the games in Japan, and then he moved on to other regions. Not an easy task. Already put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money. Well, he was working with... Uh, now, I'm, now I lost where he was working with. Oh, Smart Human was the person that he was working with. So that's another collector from... A European collector. Uh, He goes by the handle Smart Human, and he wasn't... Because he hadn't... He spent so much... Sorry to interrupt. Can Can we just... Can we just laugh a little bit at his internet handle? Hey, well... Because this story begs to differ. Well... Anyway, he was low, <laughs> Bayou was low on money, so he said, you know what, I'm, instead of buying the games outright, I'm going to work with this other European uh, collector and do an exchange system. So send me 100 games, I'll archive them and digitally preserve them, send them back to you. And so the first shipment went off without a hitch, no problem there. The process took 10 days, and then comes the next one, which made it all the way to New Jersey before it mysteriously disappeared. And it disappears. Hmm. No, re- no hmm. record of it. The only thing that Bayou was able to get from the U.S. Postal Service was a small scrap of the brown paper the box was wrapped <laughs> in with a note saying, sorry, this is all we have. 
Yeah. And now it's gone. 10000 about $10,000 worth of video games. Yeah. Gone. Okay, so there's a couple of factors we have to start thinking about first. One, we know that the post office has, like, notorious for stuff like that happening. And, like, they're not the best shipping company ever. Like, shipping in general is just is not great with the big companies. And if you just do a Google image search about, you know, <laughs> USPS destroyed my package, you'll see several. And, I mean, I've, I have had that happen. It hasn't been a package. It's been a letter mm-hmm. that was essentially just shredded to bits and they stuffed it into a different envelope with a note saying, sorry, this is what happened. Right. Too Which, bad. That actually seems, oh, excuse me, a little offensive to me. Like the letter is so disingenuous to me. It's like, like, it's like, just, sorry. it's like, hey, you know, here's a generic message. Um, you know, if it's insured, here's how you go about insuring it, whatever. So, okay. So, so we have to take into account that U.S. Postal Service is going to screw up packages and stuff like that. All they have left, apparently, after a machine eats the package, is literally one scrap of paper, which is about twice as big as the envelope that they sh- that they mailed this guy a letter in. So, if you think about a hundred Super Nintendo games, let's you know European, they they fit almost the same. They're a little more, they're curved a little bit more. They're like Super Famicom games. So, like you put a hundred of those into a box, that's a big box. It that's is a very a big, big box. But it's not. I mean, it's not like. Artorious. It would be equivalent. It'd be equivalent to that, probably. A hundred games, though. I, yeah, I don't think it would be this big. I would say it would be like a Matrasu's box. Like to me, that seems more because that's like what eighteen. I'm trying to think. So like one, eighteen two, three, four, five, square. Six, seven, eight, ten. Let's say twenty games is this high. I mean, well, I feel how high is that? Well, well, I'm I'm using this for you. But okay, oh. so let's say twenty games is two feet. Okay, sure. So. You know, you can fit, like, four rows of games there, so that's 80 games. Okay, no, you're right, I guess. Yeah, yeah so, okay, I mean, okay, I'm with this, you on that. This is humongous. This Dark yeah. Souls statue box is humongous. Yeah, I think that's fair. But Amaterasu seems to be a little bit more what I would imagine. Yeah, so all the... I mean, look at the picture uh, on the Kotaku article. It's a ready post box. I think you get those... Do you think that's the actual box? No, I, I think that's probably when he shipped the first oh, box back. Okay, okay. Or when he opened the box that he right, got. Okay. I, I, okay, so okay, so that's you know, that that's a pretty standard I'm gonna try to probably pretty like, close. It's like eight like eighteen inches tall, maybe eighteen yeah. inches wide and maybe ten inches so, deep. So the 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 point of all that really going into it is that what he has left, what the machine gave them back that the it's post like office sent to him five is like it's like square. a scrap of paper, like it's a joke. It looks like a napkin. It's like a handkerchief that someone yeah. unfolded. That's what's left of the package. Okay, so that's a complete box that was, I think, wrapped in pa- in paper, and then right, you know, whatever. So okay, so so there's that's weird. He- here's what bothers me about this whole thing, though. Too first of all, it seems kind of weird to me. This guy's project in general. Now I don't know this guy, and I know he's like he he's created a Super Nintendo emulator, and so he's obviously in the scene. And and people do vouch for him online, saying that he you know is very selfless and he would never rip somebody off. But I don't understand why he wants to rip every game himself. Now, he talks a little bit about how he wants, you know, some ROMs are are not the original versions or they've been altered. Well, they all started off as essentially being ripped from the carts. And then after they were ripped from the carts, then someone went in and maybe edited something. But I don't see why he wants to just, I mean, I guess it's just a thing. It's, it's a hobby. It's, it's a hobby. And it's also, it's his, he wants to do it himself. I can fully understand. Okay. 
wanting to accomplish that sort of feat on his own. And that's why, you know, he, he got to a point where he's like, I already bought every U.S. Super Nintendo game. I've already bought every, like, and Japan has about twice as many Super mm-hmm. Nintendo games. And he wanted to keep this up, but couldn't, he didn't have the funds to do it. So that's why he was doing this exchange program. Sure, like he found someone who was really cool to do it. Right. So, so the but first he was one, just, he was yeah. sending it and then sending it back. They were shipping yeah. it, so he was sending it back. So, but it's still a little fishy to me. Like, like okay, so he worked out this deal. I mean, first of all, I can't believe he found a guy that agreed to do that. I mean, that guy, the guy wow. who sent it to him, is not only incredibly trusting, but wow. I mean, like it's not just about trust; it's also about things like this could happen. Well, so, and I, if I was this, if I was by you, I would. You know, obviously, you're going to have a list of all of the games that you're supposed to get, and I would work my ass off to get mm-hmm. those games back. Because, I mean, like you said, how much this this smart human user guy right. trusted him, and I don't think there's anything wrong with him having a trusting relationship with this this person because he already showed that. It just seems weird that he would do it. He would already go through with the transaction, the first shipment, sure. and then steal the second one. Well, it's like we were just watching that American Greed, though. The hook, line, and sinker thing, mm-hmm. right? Where, like, you mm-hmm. now maybe, and I, I'm not saying this because I don't know, and I, I'm just laying the facts out on the table. But we don't know that he didn't do the first box and say, okay, well, here's the next list of games. And he takes these really rare, expensive games, and then that one magically goes missing. Now, but here's the thing. It clearly was lost by USPS. I mean, that's proven. He has the letter, and he's contacted them. Unless again, that's forged. I'm just saying. I mean, I think it's a it's a canned letter. I don't like. Okay. I've gotten I've gotten this thing, and it's it's not. It's you know they probably have a stack of a thousand of them, and they just slap them in envelopes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, that's that's sorry. true, and the, yeah, or they have them already pre printed, and it's just it's just waiting for like the address of the envelope and whoever, but. So, so I, I think that's weird. What's also weird to me then is when you look at this box in particular, it was a hundred games. Mm-hmm. They value it at 7,500 to $10,000. So that yeah. means the games were 75 to a hundred dollars each. Right. So it says each. Uh, there's some of them were Castlevania four. Okay. So, is? so Castlevania four, which I don't know about in, in, in Europe. But here, that's like a $40 cart, so I'd have to look. Uh, Castlevania Vampire's Kiss, First Samurai, The Fireman, Demon's Crest, Mega Man 7. And to be fair, Demon's Crest is like a buck twenty. Mega Man 7 is like one fifty. X is like 40 X2 is around 80 90 and I think X3 is around $150. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I guess that would balance out then if you've got some low and some high, but that, you know what I mean? Like it's Because I'm looking at this, right? So, okay, so let's say they're doing every 100 why i mean i'm looking at this and it's 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 castlevania 4 first samurai fireman demon's crest so it goes from the c's well, C, D, to the F, M, N. i mean i don't know how they how they i mean you bring up a really good point which i didn't think of which is did he tell him what games to give him did he maybe say well let's get all the the tougher ones out of the way first and then send me like all the generic sports ones when you get time. 
you know, right. let, let me rip the I don't first know. hundred. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. It would be very interesting to see what the first hundred were. Yeah. Because that might give us a little bit more indication of, oh, it was, you know, a hundred games and those hundred games were, you know, nothing versus a hundred, these hundred games, which were worth right. $10,000. Or, or the first hundred games were maybe worth two or 3,000. And then he knew, he's like, oh, well now send me this list of good games that are just slightly better that are worth this much. Now, okay, so realistically, the guy seems genuine. He does. And, and there are a lot of people that back him up. And I really doubt if he bought every U.S. game and every Japanese game that he's going to try to steal someone's... And that's kind of why it was like, why, why would he even bother at that point? He's got enough games. He just... Like, yeah. I just, I find it so weird that somebody who is so dedicated to this would steal 100 games from some guy in Europe. Exactly. <laughs> and and his, his goal is to archive them. So he's got some sort of, you know, in his head, he's got some sort of, you know, moral obligation where he wants to take care of these games. So from like a criminal profiling aspect, he doesn't seem to fit that, you know, he doesn't really have a motive to do it, except no. that he didn't have the money for them. But he already has all those games in Japanese and English right. and stuff. So it, what would make them that much more? Uh, yeah. So if if you ask necessary, oh, not necessary, but what would make those so much more attractive than the games he already right. has? Right, and he was only going to get away with a hundred of them. Right, because so that guy is not yeah, going to yeah. send him any more. Like, it's not like he said, "Oh, hey, you know the the box guy here, great. I'm sending him back. Send me the next hundred, and they'll be back to you before you know it." You know, but it wasn't like that. And you know, he, you know, he definitely went out of his way. Now he's saying the project's dead for sure. Right. What I also like now, this there could have been other things he could have done to make this more fishy. Like, there's a lot of, I guess, a lot of fans and stuff have been saying, well, why don't you start a GoFundMe? Let's all kick in a little bit of money to get this guy his money back, you know, mm -hmm. for all the games that were lost. Right. And he doesn't seem to want to be a part of that. Like, he didn't want to start one. And uh, because, you know, I think maybe to him, he doesn't want the community's help in that. As to where a thief might say, well, yeah, let's do a GoFundMe and get him his money back. He gets the games, so the other guy gets the money. And then the fans or the forum users are like the ones who get left holding the bag, you know? Right. Well, on his message board, you know, he says a package containing 100 PAL games were sent to me. The USPS has either stolen or lost this package, more likely the former. Do not tell me to wait any longer. I don't want to hear it. Effin' hear it. Effin' hear it. Blank. <laughs> Kurt, cuss. I don't want to cussing hear it. The package is gone and nobody can help. I don't want to ride on some platitude that herp, derp, maybe someday they'll show up. They won't. There's no point in false hope. That's cruel to both me and the donor and it will just delay reimbursement. The next step is to try and ob obtain the insurance claim. Then I'm just going to start making payments each paycheck to try and reimburse the sender until he's able to repurchase all 100 games locally. Wow. Or if he prefers, he can just keep the money. That's equivalent to the value of the cartridges. I don't understand what that, why he says that. Or if he prefers, um, he can just keep He's just the saying money. that if he doesn't want to rebuy the games, he doesn't have to. He can just keep the money. Basically, like him selling oh, those sure. Games. sure. I won't be purchasing the carts to be delivered to me because I don't want to risk shipping them back. So it may not be my fault the USPS cussed us over, but it's my fault for asking for the donation and asking to risk so many games at one time. And as such, it's my responsibility, responsibility to pay for it. I mean, he's taken responsibility. And mm -hmm. that's more than a lot of people would do. And he says the donor never asked for reimbursement. Who are these people? I don't know. These people are good people. <laughs> How much money these people have? They just don't care. They're just like, oh, oh it's you know, okay, buddy. Don't first, worry. First of all, it's like, hey, don't know you. 
heard about you on the internet. <laughs> you make you you design software that essentially lets people steal games and not pay for them. So you seem like a trustworthy guy. <laughs> so here's a hundred games. First deal goes off great. They trust each other. Here's a hundred of my rarest games that are only worth about ten grand. Don't right. worry no, about it. Big deal. They get lost. Guy goes and says, "Man, I don't know what to tell you." Like the post office lost games. Don't worry about it. You seem like a good fella. Don't worry about that ten grand. And then the other guy goes, "No, no, no, no." I'm going to pay you back a little bit out of every one of my measly paychecks. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, but I'm very impressed by that. I love when people take responsibility for things. Mm -hmm. And that's two people like, you know, trying to figure it out. I actually kind of feel bad for this guy now, which is weird. <laughs> because at first I was a little like, you know, I was questioning him. But now I feel like he got just ultimately boned and what he was doing with that archiving process was essentially trying to do something for other people. Too. Right. That's all the emulator. Like, I don't personally agree with emulators because, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, it for the reasons I've stated before, it's illegal and yada, yada, yada and, and what have you. But doing it like he's doing it to preserve the Super Nintendo genre he's not doing it yeah. at least from what i can tell for personal gain other than it's a goal he set for himself he called it the snes preservation project mm -hmm. so he ultimately wants to just have that for posterity and to have it all in one location so that at any point somebody could pull up one of those games mm -hmm. and play them or however he wanted to do yeah I, I it's still i mean I think it was a bad idea, but I think he realized that now, too. I mean, that's how he sounded in that post. You know, but it is what it is. I mean, that really sucks. Um, Now, here's a, a, a kind of a weird story I've always had with the post office. And I don't really know how to... Like, I don't know how this relates necessarily to this story, right? But there's a really weird situation that happens sometimes. I order a lot of stuff on Amazon for the store. If I order it on a Friday and mm -hmm. I have two-day shipping, Amazon's like, yo, we're going to get it to you on Sunday. <laughs> and i'm like Aww. okay i guess that's cool i don't care just get to me by monday but now i was even working a couple sundays ago and i was there at like 10 30 and all of a sudden at 11 30 i get a text on my phone um we attempted to deliver your package uh and uh, uh, like delivery was unsuccessful we'll attempt to deliver your package the following day and i'm like <laughs> okay. well no you didn't try to deliver it because i'm literally here mm -hmm. and so no you didn't try to deliver i don't understand and so that happened a couple times in fact it happened to me like six months ago when I was supposed to get this, um, the version of um, Virtue's Last Reward with the watch. Okay, so like I had that from Amazon and Amazon had an issue where the watches got damaged and they got delayed and they had to make new watches, whatever. So it said on a Sunday that it got delivered to me or that it couldn't be delivered. Uh -huh. And then it said, we're going to try the next day. Sure. And then the next day it got returned to Amazon. Oh, I remember right? this. Remember how mad I was? Because yeah. then then Amazon goes, oh, well, you returned the package to us. Even though the watch wasn't technically in that package, the only way to get your watch later was to have bought the game. So they're like, oh, well, since you, you know, you know, returned the game, you don't get your watch now. And I'm like, well, well, <laughs> Wait, but I didn't return no, the game. I I'm like, it was <laughs> never attempted to be delivered at my store. Mm -hmm. And they, oh, it's craziness. So then, so then I, I, I was um, chatting with Amazon about this late last week. Because it happened again. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, like something's wrong. I said, so the post office is basically lying to you guys if they say they're trying to deliver this on Sunday. But I also don't know that it's the post office. Now, there are post office deliveries like on Sundays. Sometimes they do But that. they also, like I've heard of other companies doing it too. Like they'll hire like a speedy delivery or they'll hire mm. other companies locally to get stuff on Sundays, which is a really cool service. However, are these companies 
lying to Amazon and saying, oh, we try to get delivery because we don't do Sunday deliveries. So they're saying, well, oh, also, we tried, but we couldn't deliver. How, would, how are they trying to deliver it? Because if they walk up to the door, let's say you're there, you're there early doing whatever, right. and they pull on the door, you would hear that. I'd be right. Th- I could see them from wherever I am in the store. Right. Because you've got glass doors. It's not like. It's a wooden, it's like a wooden door. It's not the ding-dong ditch masters that are the UPS guys who, like, you hear the doorbell and then you go and the truck's, like, speeding off down the block already. I don't know how they do it that fast. I think 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 they they, have a pole that they poke the doorbell with. I think they throw the package at the doorbell. (laughs) So they frisbee your Amazon package. Okay. A guy that I work with, he's a pretty technically savvy kind of guy, and he told me that he has a doorbell that has a webcam in it. Mm, okay. So oh. when somebody like it's got a motion detector in it. So as soon as somebody starts walking up his, the sidewalk to get to his front door, it activates the motion camera. Okay. And then it buzzes his phone. And then if it like it actually does bing bong and so he showed me and he's like, "Okay, so now he he like accepts whatever. Like it's almost like a phone call, so he like swipes to accept it." And it, it shows the live feed of his, um, of his, his like actual front door. And he can talk to the guy because he's got a speaker on it too. So he showed me, he, sure. he, he, record, he records the video too. So anyway, where this was going is that the, the UPS guy, let's just say it was the UPS guy. He walks up. So it activates it. He gets a phone call. He accepts it. The guy hits the doorbell, bing bong, and he swipes to talk to the guy, and he's like, hello, and he's like, hey, I have a package, can you sign for it? Oh, well, I'm not home right now. And then the guy's like, looking around going, uh, what? That's, okay, it's pretty great. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm at work, I'm talking to you through the whatever. And he's he's like, so can I leave this? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> That's leave great. The package. I want one of those badly. I almost bought you one. I was gonna buy you one. Okay, well, Let's, was, let's turn that almost into a into a buy. Into a buy. That's a that's a great gift idea I for know. someone whose birthday is coming up. You know. I was gonna buy it for your birthday. Okay. Totally no, that's okay. Well, you know what I want for my birthday instead, since we're gonna be in Japan for my birthday. Yes. All I want, I think this is totally reasonable. Oh no. All all I think would be fair and nice. Okay. Um, we'll go <laughs> to the new Kojima Studio. Oh uh, oh sure yeah. And all you have to do is set up a tour and a meeting with Mr. <laughs> K- uh, Kojima-san himself. <laughs> and I want to meet him, uh, you know, my my idol in the game design world. I'd like to meet him and tour his studio. And that's it. I think that's, um, that doesn't, it shouldn't even cost you anything, really. Only if, only if you call him daddy the whole time. I'll call him the Japanese word for daddy. Tosa. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Sounds great. That's really weird and creepy. Can I call him it once after we're leaving? Nope. Gotta do it the whole time. Because if I do it right away, then he's going to be creeped out right away. And I want to at least nope. get one hug in there. No, they don't hug in Japan. Well, we hug in America, so... They don't They don't hug in Japan. It's it's very. It's a very intimate thing. You can't... You shouldn't Well, that's hug. why I'm calling him dad. See? That's, that's the whole thing. <laughs> but anyway, so all joking aside... <laughs> this this whole story this doesn't stink as much as the last one mm, but this one it, this is this i think is more of a sad situation and so somebody has these games because no machine that's sorting packages shredded every one of those well, games. okay but seriously like think about that in the line like if you've seen those sorting mis- machine facility things that they have they just kind of zoom 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 yeah. and they sk- get scanned and they get rerouted 
if something happened to that package and it got ripped open, games everywhere. Right. What do you you sweep them up and you throw someone, them in a plastic bag? Someone found the label. Yes. was supposed to go to him. So then, why don't you look? Because clearly, there's a package missing a label, and there's a package that's ripped apart with all of its insides spewing about. It made it all the way to Jersey City. Well, all it is Jersey. Well, let's not let's not just <laughs> let's, make I mean, snap judgments about people who live in Jersey let's, City. Let's just talk about Jersey. But I think it was going to Ohio, which is I think where the oh, guy lives. okay. So it made so so Jersey's. Where that package died. Well, and so he was, you know, looking, and obviously, like we said, it made it through every other checkpoint, theoretically, with no problem. Right. Until it got to this sorting facility where, again, it's like, if I worked at this place, like, if I worked, maybe I'm just not, and you know, the, the kind of person that usually mm-hmm. works there. Maybe it's different. The people that work at these kind of facilities, I don't know. But I don't, it's your job. Like, it's not your, it's not, it's not your basement, right. you know? And so if somebody's, the contents of somebody's package gets strewn all over the place, I don't see that, well, that's now that's mine because it's open and they'll never know that it was me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's somebody's, like, you've seen Castaway, right? Yeah. He spends all the time, he never opens that FedEx package. Never. Yeah. He, that washes up, never get he never opens it. Well, that was FedEx, you know. But you know what I mean, though. So, so, so the lesson is, if you're going to send ten thousand dollars worth of Super Nintendo games through the mail, send to FedEx. Well, there's that, <laughs> but also it's just it. Sorry to anybody working at the post office who's listening. I, so sorry. It's not your fault. No, you didn't do it. Didn't I'm do sure it. you're. You oh, we hope really hard. you didn't do it. Yeah, unless you did do it, then sh- for shame, shame then on shame. you, shame, shame, shame. So. We go from stolen Super Nintendo games to the NES Classic stealing the top sales from the Wii U for the month of January. Yeah, NES Classic. I have yet to see one in the wild, though. This is the saddest thing I think I've ever heard. The Nintendo, the NES Classic, Mini Classic, whatever you want to call it. The one that fits in your palm of your hand has a very short cord. It's really small and kind of pointless. It's got 30 games and a save function. So it has merit. The NES Classic outsold the Wii U in January. <laughs> now, part of that, to be fair, is that a lot of retailers are out of new Wii U's. But all the retailers are out of NES Classics, too. So what I don't understand is Nintendo has to have a warehouse full of Wii U's still. Like oh, yeah. they, They're not out of... Quanti- so shipping to stores. But right now, Nintendo's doing this weird thing with the, with the Classic and with the Wii U and even with the 3DS where they're purposely holding back uh, quantities because they want the Switch to make a big impact. Mm-hmm. They don't want someone to go to the store and be like, man, for 100 bucks less than the Switch, I can get a good machine called the 3DS with a whole bunch of games on it. Right. Instead of this, you know, lackluster where launch. Where only have five has. games. Or, no, I think they increased it to 10. I don't know, but I can tell you that my interest just keeps waning every week that goes by. It, I know, and I don't, I don't, I don't want it to. Like, you know me, how I was the dude, remember? I, I was the guy who was like, Yo, y'all haters! Nintendo's gonna get a the Switch is gonna be awesome. Like, give it a chance, and it just every piece of news that comes out just like keeps. I just hampering I my excitement. We you know? have to. We have to hold out until March third when it comes out before we actually talk anymore. Well, crap I'm, about I'm not it. talking crap about it. I'm just saying it doesn't get me interested. 
it's 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 killing some excitement for me. Well, but anyway, and that's, that's true. Yeah, and, and that wasn't the point of this. Like I said, this this is Marvel's comical in a sense, where the NES classic that's impossible to find on store shelves anywhere, it's going for you know two to three times its worth on eBay, outsold the Wii U still. Which is supposed to be readily available. It reminds me of a story, like, I think it was a year or two ago, where, like, the entire month of, I don't know, August or something, the Xbox One sold, like, 40 units in Japan in a month or something. <laughs> I mean, it was a week. In any case, that's hilarious. But this is kind of sad, too, but it's, I mean, it's the nature. I mean, the Wii U is winding down, clearly. But look at how the regular Wii was still selling years and years after its launch. You know, the Wii U is barely, it's, it, the Wii U is going to wow. be four years old, you know, the I thought the year, the Wii five years old. the 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 release of the Wii like I know in previous podcasts we've talked about how terribly they did it they withhold we or sorry they withheld a lot of the product so that it would create that sort of desirability but I still say that the Wii was a was and is a great system with a great technology behind it. And the Wii U is just terrible because it it's it was confusing, like we've talked about before. In fact, when you were visiting your brother two weekends ago, mm-hmm. was it? I visited your store to talk to Dave and Dom and pay for that PS4. Mm-hmm. Pay for the <laughs> PS4 that you hey took home a week earlier. You took it home because, oh, and yeah, was I was supposed to pay for it, come in and pay for it, and mm-hmm. you brought it home just because. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, a guy was selling his his Wii, his Wii U, I think, or he was buying the Wii U. I don't okay. remember. It was one of the two. And we were talking about how confusing it was. Sure. And he was like, yeah. He's like, when it first came out, I thought it was just an extension to the Wii as well. Yeah. And not to get into all that, because we've already talked about it at ad nauseum, but I just, I find it funny, too, for the same reason that you do, which is... I've yet to see an NES classic in a store. Mm-hmm. Have not seen them. Yep. Nope. No, and 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 they're super impossible to find. The prices have been coming down as more have been coming out, but now there's also rumors that it's going to be discontinued come March. <laughs> so, by the way, get an NES classic if you did want one, but you've been waiting because they may not be available, and then that price is going to go back up. Can't you just imagine like how much they could? They had the potential to make a lot of money on this. And they're they're losing it. Yeah. Like. Oh, it's, it's it's one of those perfect examples of Nintendo having a great idea that they can't fully realize and, and market and match to its potential. So, right. Now speaking we, of that, we, yeah. You know. So so then you know staying with that that cheesy nerdy theme of a theft, uh, I'm gonna make a bold statement here and say that I feel like uh, Nintendo is trying to steal mm-hmm. extra money from its fans with this Zelda season pass garbage which season pass i'm not a fan of anyway uh but it's an expansion pass which is gonna be 20 bucks and it's gonna include like three releases one is like day one yeah you you go through these so day one expansion bonus features three new treasure chests which includes exclusive in-game clothing which includes a ridiculous shirt with the nintendo switch logo on it Ooh, a nintendo switch shirt for for Link, right? Is that what yeah. I'm understanding? Oh, on, on, you know, because you need to advertise to the people who have just bought a Switch mm. and are already playing it. So the first expansion slated for the summer adds an additional Cave of Trials challenge, 
a hard difficulty and an additional map feature, which could mean anything. Which, who knows what that word <laughs> vomit is. Then the holiday pack will have a new story, dungeon, and challenges. Okay. Now, okay. I said this to you before when we were originally talking about this. Now, I am not a fan of downloadable content. I think games should be able to be played in their full capacity without ever having to buy one thing other than the game. Yeah. I've never, ever owned a Nintendo game that required me to buy something else. Or download something else in order to play it. Yeah, not software-wise. Nintendo's notorious for doing that with hardware. Like like having add-ons like the expansion pack for the N64. Or like the Wii Motion Plus remotes. Where you had to add the little thing to play certain games. Like, you know, whatever. Um, but my issue with this... I don't have an... I mean, I have an issue with season passes anyway. But I don't have a problem with DLC. What people don't realize about DLC was... DLC was the original, like ultimate weapon against used games because dlc was gonna be like don't sell your games like we're gonna come out with more stuff for you to play later so keep your games you know that was that was why dlc was essentially invented because it was like hey you know people are gonna keep their games longer because we're gonna give them more content for their games it's not you beat it and you're done well and that and let me make an addendum to what i had said before i don't have a problem with downloadable content i have a problem with paying for downloadable yes. content. I've already spent 60 bucks on a video game. You already have me. Why are you making me pay for more? Well, and sometimes, <laughs> like with Dark Souls, Dark Souls will come out, and then a year later, they'll come out with, like, an expansion pack. Well, clearly, they've been working on that expansion pack in the last year. So you give them a little bit of extra money to add content to the game. Witcher 3 is a great example. Witcher 3's Blood and Wine expansion is, I think it was, like, 20 or 30 bucks. But it was like a, it was like as much a, as a content as a full game would have. Well, so it was a ton okay. of good stuff. So some companies do it right, and there would be some companies I would pay for if the original intention was to add value to the game later. What I really don't like is a month before a game comes out, they start talking to you about, hey, you know, for an extra twenty bucks, right? You get a whole bunch of extra stuff later in the year. So you're telling me you're already planning this out. You already have this stuff all planned out, and then you blocked off a certain part right. so that people could buy it later. You know, and that's what frustrates. It's the same thing with all season passes, like like even South Park, like like the new South Park game. Like it looks awesome. I hate Ubisoft as a company. I'm going to totally buy the new South Park, but then they have a season pass for that. So like, hey, pay thirty bucks, and all the DLC that comes out later, you get it. Well, what DLC? Right. Well, the promise of DLC is what you're buying, and that's that's like the worst business practice ever. You, know? you don't even know if you're going to get anything. And, and even even companies like I love Fallout. And I knew from day one that I'd probably get the Fallout DLC because it's always really good. Mm-hmm. So I bought the season pass for that. But sometimes when I beat a game, I'm like done with it. I don't I don't want to revisit that game. Like I know not everyone's the same as me. But, you know, what I don't like, though, is when they have it all mapped out in advance. Like you can buy a game for 60 bucks and then buy like the Call of Duty season pass for like 30 bucks or whatever. And that gives you every map that comes out the rest of the year. Well, but how how many maps is that? Half the time they don't even know. They're just saying, right. well, you know, it's 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 their way of squeezing extra money out of us up front because what's happening is what because here's what happened, right? So they made DLC and then people were still selling their games. And they're like, man, well, how could we get our the money still from the people that still sell the game and don't hold on to it? Oh, well, let's just sell the DLC up front 
before yeah. it even exists. Let's just sell it. It's 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 like these are these are the things these are things that, that bother me about the video game industry because it's such a young industry, right? So like the music industry, the movie industry, the you know that's been around forever. So those went through those like early growing pains. As the video game industry is so young still, we're living through these growing pains. We lived through online passes where if you get if you bought a game used, you had to pay ten bucks to play it online with people because you know, boo. And you know they discontinued it because it was hot garbage. Yeah, we're we're going through the growing pains of season passes right now, which hopefully just die as quickly as the online <laughs> passes did because it's so frustrating. Again, don't have a problem with DLC. I don't have a problem with DLC that's good, that's worth the money. I just am sick. Like, us as consumers, we have to be smarter than that. Mm -hmm. Like, we can't just, like, it's like the snake oil salesman coming around being like, hey, you know, do this, but then in the future, you'll need this, so buy this too. Like, buy the game, and then if you like the game, and then they show you what the DLC is going to be, and it looks really good, then buy the DLC. That's, that's the thing. It's just, like, I really hope that this downloadable content for Breath of the Wild isn't imperative for you to get the full gaming experience for that. Well, I always get worried too when they say a new story. So yeah, now maybe what the you, heck does that mean? Well, maybe you play as like now if you play as like say Zelda through a side story. Oh sure, okay. or, or another or a different minor different. character. Whatever, totally cool. Maybe play as Link in like an unconnected story. Okay, as long as it's not part of the main story. Yes. you get a certain. Because there are some games that do that. One of the most notorious I can think of recently is a game on PS3 and 360 called um, Asura's Wrath. That had an ending that was essentially a cliffhanger, and you had to buy DLC for like the real ending. It was awful. And that was Capcom. And Capcom's known for being kind of like turds when it comes to DLC anyway. (laughs) But yeah, so there was that. Now, what also, the last thing I'll, I'll talk about with this is what I also don't like is that you don't get to choose what parts of this you want to buy. Yeah. I could care less about a shirt yes. that has the Nintendo Switch logo. Okay, so let's talk about immersion in games. What pulls you out faster than your dude wearing a t-shirt for the console you're playing? Right. It's just so stupid on so many levels. Like, he could have, they could have made a different costume. Yeah. Instead of a stupid Switch t-shirt, they could have had a costume that was different. But no, no, let's just, let's just, whoa. You know, and so you can't buy it separately because normally with a, with a season pass, you don't have to buy it, but you can still buy the DLC separately. Now you can't. So, so, so Nintendo has got their hand in our pocket, you know, or they're trying just like how they're nickel and diming us to death on these accessories. Yeah. Now they're doing the same thing and they're taking Nintendo's always been a little bit behind when it comes to the online stuff, DLC and like, you know, how they do their account system and stuff like that. Well, they finally catch up and they take the worst parts of Sony and Microsoft's <laughs> plans and they they do it. Like they take the worst part of Ubisoft and Activision and EA's stupid season pass garbage and then they do it too. And it's like, don't you guys test market anything? And don't you talk to your customers at all and like see how abrasive that stuff is? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're going to copy PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, would you copy the good things, please? Right. Um, which, you know, but no, they copy the stupid crap like season passes. So. So moving on from Nintendo stealing my money for more story content for the new Zelda game, (laughs) um, we're going to move into how Sony is trying to steal a little bit of the Switch's thunder. So this, I I found this interesting. Well, it looks like there was an article that was on digitaltrends.com that talks about how Sony filed a patent for what looks to be a new portable handheld system. You know, they already have the PS Vita. The Vita, which I think is, I want to say is like six years old or five years old as of February, I think. Like, it's, I it's old. Know. It's been out a long time. No, it came out 
Oh, did it come out when I was... Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> it, it's like five or six years old, but like the, the Vita's been out a while. So, anyway, regardless of when it came out, it came out at some point in the yeah. past. Um, that it did. <laughs> apparently, uh, there was a, a user who spotted this and thought, hmm, this looks kind of interesting and looks very familiar. Uh, it was filed in 2015, but the images just recently became public. Yeah, so, like, I don't know how it works in Japan, but apparently they publish, like, patents. So, like, when a patent is, I don't know if it's approved, if that's part of the laws, they have to, like, publish it. I actually don't know anything about that. But basically, like, Japan's patent office, like, published it recently saying, you know, whatever. And then someone, you know, just picked it up and said, holy crap, wait a minute. Sony mm-hmm. just filed a patent for a device that basically looks like the Switch. Right. So it, it looks like a tablet-sized uh, monitor or, or game area. It looks like the Switch game. And then on <laughs> either side, it looks like they took... Uh, a dual shock controller and cut it in half and put it on either yeah, side. Yeah, it, it looks like if you took a dual shock four and just stretched it out with your hands and then replaced the middle with an LCD screen. Like that's it's exactly what it, what it looks like. So it's not as as this article puts it, uh, doesn't look as elegant as the PS Vita, but it does look like it's going to have a more ergonomic feel. Like the dual shock controller feels really yeah. good when you're holding onto it, whereas a Vita is a lot like playing an original Game Boy or playing a DS, mm-hmm. where you know you've got these not very ergonomically, you know, helpful type controllers. I I mean. Yes, it looks a lot like a Switch. It does not appear as though they're removable, but without seeing any of the corresponding documentation. I believe, I believe it says it's fixed, so like it wouldn't be removable. So that's one way that it oh, somehow is different. But it, it, it does intrigue me that if this patent was filed in February, was well, it, it says, August it says, of 15? Uh, I, I mean, if it's filed in 2015, that might have been... I mean, that was that was way before the Switch was announced, I mean, before anything was revealed on that. So do you think that Sony and them were developing something side by side and then maybe Sony backed off of it as their as the Vita didn't do really well? Because technically now the Vita is doing better, like it's coming back to life. Sony's not making much money off of it, but I w- the, the Vita was released in 2011 in Japan. OK, so it was OK, which I think for us was must have been 2012, like in February of 2012. So it's four years. OK. It well, feels longer than that, though. It, it looks, you know, they're, they're theorizing that it's a console, handheld, hybrid. The thing is, is that, yes, we see this. We see this patent image, and, you know, it's got all the arrows and the numbers and pointing to different things. And I'm, I'm sure there's a corresponding document which talks about what the name of each of those pieces are. Because that's how patents work. You know, you patent the object with all of its functions and and how everything works. But we don't know when the patent was filed for Nintendo and maybe it just sure. didn't make the news. Yeah, well, it's that's a, kind that's of a good weird point. Aren't they both based in Japan? Yeah, so so if there was mandatory that there was published, it would have been published. The Switch would have been published as well. But maybe you can file for like a secrecy thing. I don't know, maybe I someone know. at Sony like lapsed and forgot to check the box that says like don't show this to everybody right. in two years box or something else. but but it's cool i mean I, i'd actually really like another sony handheld only because the vita is the nicest handheld i've ever used it just doesn't have the games to back it up the 3ds if you could get the 3ds games on the vita it'd be like the ultimate system I mean, it's crazy 
Well, and also somebody has to be looking for it too, because according to this article, this user Ponpo is the one who spotted the patent and was apparently filed in 2015, but has recently come public. So that means that, I mean, it's, it's been there and they, nobody saw it yet. Yeah, that's, that's very strange, but you know, maybe they publish it, but it, it isn't publicly announced or something. Oh, hell, the PlayStation Shift. <laughs> the PlayStation Shift, nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, I, I'd love to see... I, I like competition. Competition drives a better market. So if Nintendo has the handheld market on lockdown, you don't get as good a... You know, like, as customers, as consumers, we don't get the best deal. And this this appears to be, like we said, it appears to be not something like the Switch where you can take off the the uh controllers and and play it with friends so it's still very much in sony's wheelhouse yeah. where it's a solo gaming experience but they're capitalizing on the idea that this could potentially be synced up or hooked up to a television or played on the go yeah. like the switches and and it's companies file patents all the time you know it doesn't mean that a product's coming out of it and it's just fun to kind of look at you know but it is it is what it is so mm -hmm. it does it does look like the controllers are going to be nicer to hold on to than the switch well i'm pretty sure like this picture would i mean it would never look like that like sony's a hardware developer so like they could make it look a lot better <laughs> well i mean it but it could very well be but that'd be the idea though is that you'd have the analog sticks and the screen do like it'd be like a ps4 controller with the screen on it you know mm -hmm. but yeah and it really does. It just looks like they took the DualShock, stretched it, and then replaced that little pad in the middle with a uh, with a tablet. <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah. Then they I just stretched just, it out. Like I can just imagine somebody come building a prototype, and they just literally did that. They took a DualShock, just chopped off the ends, stuck it on a tablet, and said, just "Here it is." It. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it reminds me of that Logitech. PS2 keyboard controller they made a while back where it's imagine a, a PS2 controller where you stretch it out and have a keyboard in the middle. So like if you were playing like uh Final Fantasy 11 or like EverQuest Online Adventures. What is it Logitech? Logitech PS2 keyboard like PS2 controller keyboard. <laughs> I've never seen that. You probably have to look up keyboard controller cuz PS2 is on that way. Another hookup for Oh, okay. right, let's take a look at this thing. Oh See? my god! So it kind of it just looks like someone <laughs> just took the controller and just pulled it. And the best part is the keyboard comes out, so it just straight up looks like a controller that's been just pulled apart. It looks like it. It doesn't. It looks to me. It looks like an Xbox controller. Yeah, I mean it's by Logitech, so it's a little more you know. You know what I mean though? Like mm -hmm. it's got that kind of enterprise tricorder look. Huh. From a nerd that are listening, huh. Nathan. <laughs> Nate, Nate will appreciate Nate the, will the Star appreciate. Trek shout out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> since he since, since he was apparently yelling at the at the uh, podcast, the last podcast, and I couldn't remember the the race, the trill. Mm. He's like, "It's the trill! It's the trill!" It must be so infuriating for him to listen to our I podcast because I I try I try to be mm -hmm. start. I mean, I love Star Trek. I am a big fan, as I told him off podcast. Uh, 
that I love the next generation and I love Voyager, but my mom was the one that watched Deep Space mm. Nine. So I only got kind of a third eye view or third person view of watching hmm. that. So I know the general I was a next story. generation guy, but that was about it. And I don't even I didn't watch all of it. I watched a lot of it when it was syndicated. Oh, so good. Because there was like always a time where it was on in the morning. Like if I had to work at one o'clock in the afternoon, I'd work like one to ten. And I'd it'd be on like, you know, eleven to noon. So mm-hmm. I like come and watch an episode every day right before going to work or whatever. Yeah. So. Well, it's all on Netflix. We should watch that after we watch P- Twin Peaks. Yes. Uh, and then, so then lastly, moving on. So this last thing I don't really want to talk very much about. Sure. I'm, I'm torn because it is a pretty big deal. And I actually have some things to say about it. Okay. But, you want me to set you up? Um, no, nah, I'm just going to make this quick because okay. I really don't care that much about it. <laughs> so it's... <sighs> PewDiePie. PewDiePie, okay? <laughs> I don't like talking about him. I'm not a fan of his style. He might be a really nice guy. I don't know. I don't care. No offense to anybody who likes him. I just don't. I don't I don't I don't dig his style. But he came under a lot of fire this last week, right? So th- like these articles started coming out where it was basically like he's anti Semitic. Yeah, he's a he's a fascist. And, and, and he, he's a Nazi. Yeah, he's doing all this other stuff. He's a Nazi. Okay. So like I, I at first I read that and it's like, oh, Disney dropped him. YouTube dropped his premium YouTube Red channel show called, like, Scare PewDiePie, PewDiePie. I think it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, but his channel, his number one channel, which is the number one channel on YouTube, is fine, you know. And I was thinking that, and I'm like, well, you know, and and I see the articles, I'm like, wow, man, but that's what happens. You know, you say stuff like that, and you lose your channel. But as I was looking more into it, like, I had to say something, because this is one of the highest levels of, like, character assassination I think I've ever seen. Like, so many things are taken out of context of what he did and didn't say that like it, he's basically being demonized when he doesn't really deserve it. And I'm like the first one to say, like, I don't like him at all. Mm -hmm. I just don't think, I mean, I don't like him for real reasons. You know, if you're going to hate him, hate him for things that actually happen. Yeah. That's, I, there was an article that I read that was on Forbes website that said something to what it's agreeing with what you're saying. Like, don't, don't call him a racist and a fascist and a Nazi and, and all of these and anti-Semite because he's, he's not. He's not. And, and you're, you and you're save taking, those, save those labels for the people who actually yeah, And you're are. taking it away. You're taking, I think you take away from those words when you just throw them around. Yes. And I really, and I've always not like that. And that's, that's happening a lot lately in society. Like the word racist and fascist and stuff gets thrown on a lot. And it's like, you know, like again you know one thing i always taught on this podcast i'm not going to get crazy political on you guys but like one thing i always tout is like i tout like responsibility and i tout like you know non-hypocrisy like those are staples of what we always talk about here and personal responsibility and so like when you know like when i see things like this it just it just it like it worries me that people are so quick to read a headline only kind of what we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. like they read a headline and then they retweet it but they read a headline and that's it you know and i think maybe that's why we did the podcast way we do this because we wanted to go in depth with things because we're in like a headline news era Mm -hmm. where all we do is read a headline and you share it read a headline and you share it and then you read the article and you're like well wait a minute that doesn't say at all what the head you know what the or i didn't mean that or whatever i mean the onion is the perfect example yes people think think and share onion articles believing them to be true i've seen it i've seen people do it yeah. and it's like oh yeah uh i'm sorry but do you realize that that's from the onion and it's not an actual news story and 
You know, PewDiePie reminds me of a friend of mine who will remain nameless, but this friend of mine is the kind of person who loves to play devil's advocate, will, will disagree with you just to see what you do, just to see what you say, and gets a real big kick out of it. And it's infuriating for somebody like me because I, I, I try to understand a, a person's behavior and understand their empathy response and understand how they view the world. And when they say something that's a complete 180 of what I understand them to be, mm-hmm. I can't understand. Like, I don't understand. I'm like, how can you say that? Because I know because of these five reasons that you're not that person. Like, why are you saying this? Yeah. And then as it comes down to it, the reason they did it was just to see what I would say or what that other person would say when they kind of poke the bear. And right. PewDiePie reminds me of that kind of a person where, you know, the only reason he did what he did was because there's a website that exists called Fiverr where people will do pretty much anything for, for $5. $5. <laughs> for five, which is freaking hilarious. I did not, I was not aware of this website. Oh, you weren't. I had no idea. So, like, <laughs> I mean, it's usually things like, "Oh, I'll draw your caricature. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make you in an anime. You know, I'll make you into an anime character, or I'll Photoshop this. I'll Photoshop a picture for you. I'll, and people will just do it for five dollars, yeah. whatever. And so they'll tout, you know, what they're good at. Like for me, I'd be like, "Oh, I'll make you into a bead sprite, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be." But you are good at. It. Thank you. Um. And so apparently I don't, I haven't seen it. So I don't know if like the people were like, I'll put anything you want on a sign for $5. And so he said, okay, put this on the sign and the people did it. Yeah. And I'm the first one to say like everything he's done to get people riled up about this is an incredibly poor taste. Like it's not even close to me to be funny at all. It's not funny. It's really stupid. But, like, I look at him, like, he, he's essentially trying to be, like, a Howard Stern-type shock jock. Like, he he's trying to do things to get people to watch him, good or bad. Like, he's almost, like, he's gone to, like, and I'm, this isn't, again, a political dig. It's almost like you went to the, like, the Trump school of, of like, making the deal. <laughs> because, like, like I'm talking way before presidential runs. Sure. Like, he knew that, like, good or bad, get your name on the news. Get your face right. in the news. And that's, and that wasn't, that was all before politics stuff. I'm just talking, like, when he was doing The Apprentice. Well, I, I mean, even... he was just trying to get, you know, people to watch him. Howard Stern's probably a better example, because Howard Stern will do things that are controversial, so that people go, what? And they'll get to talking about him. Even mm-hmm. if they hate him, they're right. still listening to him. Well, it's, it's the adage, and you don't have to bring in any political or celebrity or anything into it. It's the old adage that there's no such thing as bad publicity. Right, exactly. It's 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 that simple. And like a couple months ago, he did the whole like, if I hit 50 million subscribers, I'm deleting a, my channel. And then he deletes uh, the other one, like yeah. his not main channel. Everyone's like, oh, you got me, you tricked me. You got us, PewDiePie. Who thought he was going to do that? But, but he got hoped. a bunch of subscribers. You subscribed to him. Just I to did get because I didn't want to hoping. see his stupid face. Uh, but you know, no, but, and his that's... face isn't stupid. I just I don't like him either because I find his humor not to be humorous, yeah. and he kind of a lot. A lot of his subscribers are adolescent, and there's a reason. Yeah, I mean, and and again, we we're not attacking his character because if you like his style, there's nothing wrong with that. We just we don't, mm-hmm. and so like. 
that's why I wanted to say something about this because I'd be the first one if he did something I didn't like to just bury him for it because I don't like him anyway. But like this was one of those times where he, you know, was it in bad taste? Yes. But is he actually these horrible things? Like, should he have lost his, like, should Disney have dropped him over? I don't even know if I could say that. But what's tough is, you know, we talk about freedom of speech and people don't understand what that really means. And freedom of speech is just that you, you know, you can't be prosecuted by the government for what you say. And and there's even limitations to that. But for the most part, you can't be prosecuted by the government for what you say. So, you know, but that doesn't mean that the things you say don't have consequences. I was just going to say something and then I realized that you're the one that told me what I was just going to say. Well, maybe the listeners don't know. Well, no, it was along the lines of what you said. Like the freedom of speech is just that the government can't persecute you. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that you won't get dropped by your sponsors Sponsors. and who's backing you. And unfortunately, people equate them to be the same thing. You can't drop me. I'm I'm freedom of speech. And it's like, yes, but like like the Duck uh, Dynasty guys. And they were like, you know, this you're trampling on my freedom of speech. If you want to cancel my show because I said these things that you may not agree with. No, because that channel has advertisers and Mm -hmm. those advertisers pay the money like you know, that's just how, that's just how the system works. You know, it's not anything about, it's not trampling your freedom of speech. You you never had true freedom of speech in my store. Now that it's my store, I, I guess I technically do, right. but even I don't technically, but when I worked at GameStop, I didn't have freedom of speech. I couldn't just go to a customer and tell them they were an idiot right. because I felt like it. I would get fired for that. Mm-hmm. And I should be fired for that. So again, Agreed. didn't want to talk a lot about this because frankly, I don't really care, but it's a big deal. And you know, there's there's a lot of takes out there, and, and who probably cares about mine since I'm not a fan of his anyway. But it just was one of those things. Like I feel like so in Bizarro World lately. Like when I'm the one sticking up for the Switch back then, not anymore. But I, and now I'm sticking up for PewDiePie, for Felix, PewDiePie, Felix, and I'm just I just don't I just don't care about it at all. But I I don't like seeing things misrepresented. I guess you know. And so I just want to throw it out to me. Like, look, the guy in my opinion is kind of a tool bag. Don't like his comedy style. But he's not like what they're trying to make him out to be. Right. It's, you know, hate him hate him because you don't like his comedy. That's a fine reason not to like him. That's the best reason not to like him. Right. But don't hate him because this new era of like reading a headline and then bouncing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was a I originally wasn't gonna upload these to YouTube or if I was like the podcast, I was gonna start I was gonna upload them in like five minute segments. Like, oh, every, you know, little bit we did would be like a different segment. Because I kept thinking, well, that's what people want. You know, people want they just want to get to the the, the meat and potatoes. Right, they don't we want, have like know, the five minute conversation you know, about each thing yeah. or whatever. And I was like, but that's, I know there's people out there that want to actually go in depth with conversation and we're not all about this headline grabbing era, you know? And, and so I know a lot of people do and that's fine. And those people will enjoy what they like then. And we're going to talk more in depth about things. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, I want to buck that trend a little bit and just be like, we have to dig deeper and because I, I was the first one, to admit, like I saw the things initially, I was like, "Oh, well, I don't like this guy anyway." So, oh, well. you know, and I, but I started reading about him, like, "Wow, this actually it it doesn't." I mean, it's in bad taste, but it's not like he's it is, you know. I mean, people throw around the "Oh, people are like Hitler" and something like that all the time, and like they just they don't realize what they're saying. I don't think. No, you know? it's 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 an incredibly serious accusation, you know, and and it's thrown around a lot, as we mentioned before, and you know, this Forbes article does a really good job of kind of putting it into perspective that, you know, you may have never heard of this guy, PewDiePie, but mm-hmm. he's a force to be reckoned, reckoned with, at least in terms of 
you know, YouTube yeah, absolutely. And, and the internet and and all of that. He has a lot of and he may you know, be controversial publicity, yeah. to some things, but he's never, you know, quoting this article, he has never seriously advocated a racist agenda. Right. And that's really what it comes down to is that people are seeing it, taking his uh, videos out of context and using them as fodder for their their own agenda of saying, see, look, he's a racist. See, look, he's a fascist. He's a neo-Nazi. He. He wants, you know, death to these people and, you know, you know, Hitler and blah, 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 blah. Right. And taking it completely out of context. And I think you use the term crucifying him for it, where it's like, OK, but really, he's just, you know, he likes poop and fart jokes and, on and, the Internet and, and plays are, video games. And, the, and there <laughs> are people out there that they think anything's on the table for humor. And there are people that will throw out racist jokes because to them it's just a joke and it's meant to be funny. It's not like he was saying it to offend the other person, even though that might be the outcome. Sure. You know, and now with him, though, I do believe he was trying to spark some outrage. I don't think he realized it was going to be as big as it did or he might have, you know, probably toned it down because he's smart enough to know that he wants to keep the fame he has and the money. Like he's got a good thing going. He doesn't want to ruin that. You know, and it's just him doing these videos. There's no producer telling him, "Guh, right? Felix, you can't <laughs> yes. say that." There's no, no PR no, no, person no. walking no, around. No, no, no. Um, it, yeah. I mean, you can say, you know, he's Swedish, and you can make a very broad generalization that European humor is totally different. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can throw any of that stuff around, and and it could all very well just contribute to this thing, or he could just have the personality like my friend who will say it just to see how you react. Yeah. And he he doesn't believe it in the slightest. And that, I think, is more his personality, PewDiePie's personality, mm -hmm. that let's just see what will happen. <laughs> and, and some people some people think it's funny when they make other people mad. Yeah. Which is infuriating like to me. like that, and I hate that. And I hate that, <laughs> but that's what some people do, too. Like, some people, it's really funny to upset other people. Like, they get, they love it, you know? It's And, mm -hmm. and it's just, it is whatever. But, you know... Again, bro, bro, fist it to just, you, man. J just, just, you know, obviously he, he's paying consequences for his actions, which I do think were stupid and, and really like there was no, you know, it was not tasteful at all. But again, that's him. Like that, no. that's, 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 that, that's his character. He's never been like a respectful, you know, nice. I don't want to say nice, but I guess like a respectful, like decent, you know, human being gentleman. Like that's not his character. His character is to be outlandish and ridiculous. Right. So. But here's why I don't feel bad for PewDiePie. You want to know why? Why? In uh, 2015, or well, in December 2016, Forbes named PewDiePie as the highest earning YouTuber with his annual income reaching 15 million. That's one five million. I don't feel bad for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't either. You know, and obviously he could probably retire now and never do another YouTube video. And I'm sure I would be happy for that. I don't wish any ill will. I just don't find it yeah. funny. Which, and the, and the, but the best part about us, though? Yeah. Like, we just don't watch it then. No, we don't. That, and that's, <laughs> that's the other that's part of exactly this. That's exactly what the, the Forbes article said, too. It's like, if you don't like them, just hit unsubscribe. There's only, I think, hold on, let me count them real quick in my hand, in my head. 58 jillion YouTube <laughs> channels out there. So if you don't like one, right. you can just 
There's not so ever many. go there. And you then, can ignore. You can block <laughs> it and never see it. You can never see PewDiePie's it's face amazing. ever again. And instead, watch things like Table Eight Productions. Oh, oh, look at that! Look at the, giving a shout out to the Table Free Eight guys. Table Eight. What, I, what? I saw some on Facebook about uh, Mr. Brunage bringing back documentary. But anyway, guys, that's our show. As always, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Game Trade Greg. I'm at Game Talk Jen. And if you guys have any questions, we'd love to read them on the show. Uh, no one's given them us any, so we're just not doing it. Tweet us. Um, tweet at us if you want. Uh, whatever. You can always hit us up on the Facebook page too, whether it's the Game Trade one or the Game Talk Radio one. If tweeting ain't your thing, you can send me an email. Game Talk. Jen at gmail.com. Right. I had to think about that one for a second. <laughs> but we just want to say thanks always for listening, everybody, and have a great night. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye